Good afternoon. Thanks so much for being with us on this Thursday. Lots to talk about. We're going to get to the announcement made by TransLink and go through some of the finer points of that in just a few seconds. Also coming up on the program, are you concerned about your privacy when going to a restaurant, if you are going to go back to a restaurant and having to give one phone number from the group for contract contact tracing should there be an issue down the road. That ties into what we're talking about after the one thirty news and a new poll has some results on just who is most comfortable getting back to doing things like going to a restaurant or a hair salon. We're going to talk about that and get your feedback as well. But as you've been hearing in the news, some new procedures have been announced and they will have an impact on your daily commute if you are somebody who uses transit. And joining me to talk a bit more about what is going to be happening is Ben Murphy. He is a TransLink spokesperson. Ben, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. I think the one of the big changes that people are looking at and wondering about is the crowds, the crowd numbers on SkyTrain platforms. What is going to look different there? Yeah, so we're implementing a new policy, which uh, to start out is going to be at some of our busier stations, and it's going to limit access to SkyTrain platforms. And how we're going to do that is when you arrive, you typically tap in at a fare gate um, using a compass card or payment method. Uh, we're now going to have only one fare gate sent to, set to entrance only. The remainder will be exit only. Uh, and so that is going to mean that once our ridership builds back up a little bit to uh, more regular levels, you'll start to see people actually beginning to queue up outside of those fare gates. And what that's designed to do, of course, is slow down the amount of people moving into the station, onto the platform and therefore onto the SkyTrain. So it's a policy that right now, given our ridership is still quite low, isn't going to have much of an immediate impact, but it will have an impact as the ridership starts to build back up and to ensure that people are distancing outside of those fare gates we're installing decals and signage as well and we'll uh, have a station attendant uh, there as well to assist with that process. So uh, that's going to be a, a bit of a shift. It's going to be initially at Lowheed, King George and Surrey Central starting next week and then we'll make sure that the process is working well and then we'll look to roll it out more widely. And so the idea with that being there isn't physically somebody on the SkyTrain cars, so the only way to, to make sure they're not packed with people is to stop people from getting through the, the fare gate? Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's a measure to try and balance out the amount of people coming in. I mean, we've looked at all different options and ways um, to try and promote distancing. The one thing we're really cognizant of is we we don't want it to be the case that um, we're going to just move the problem to a different area. You know, you don't want to move, um, say, crowding on SkyTrain just onto the platform and suddenly you have packed platforms. So, Um, We thought this was a measure that we could implement relatively easy, um, not that hard for customers to um, understand, and it would help to sort of slow down the amount of people. So a practical measure that we think will have an impact. Do you have any idea then how much time that's going to add on to, say, the average commute? It's very difficult to say. Uh, I don't really have those estimates. Keep in mind, um, the fare gates will still move quite quickly because uh, typically a person taps through every two seconds or so on a fare gate. So you're still shuffling 30 people per minute through the single fare gate, uh, providing you know, someone doesn't fumble with a compass card or something like that. But um, you are going to be keeping that line moving pretty quickly. Uh, but 
in those rush hours when you get you know a lot of people arriving at once it, it will slow things down so it might be that you don't catch the first train you might have to get the next train or, or perhaps the one after that if it's a really busy period all right. One of the other uh, issues or the other advice today is this idea of wearing a non-medical mask or a face covering while you're waiting or on board of vehicles. It's a recommendation at this point. So how how do you get the message out that out there that for everyone's safety to protect others around you, that's a good idea? Yeah, I, I think uh, part of that for us is launching a, an education campaign, and that's going to be starting over the next few weeks, people will start to notice signage going up um, at stations on vehicles promoting the use of face coverings and masks. As you say, a big part of this is it's about protecting everyone around you. Um, and if we could get um, everyone or nearly everyone on a SkyTrain car or a bus wearing these uh, face coverings, then that will uh, help to keep transit safer for everyone. I think part of it too is a, a shift uh, in how people uh, approach face coverings and how they perceive them on transit. And I think even today I took the SkyTrain and, you know, it was interesting, I, around half of people or so were already wearing face coverings. Obviously, there's some more work to do, but um, I, I think if you compared that to two weeks ago and two weeks ago before that, um, we are naturally actually seeing more people wearing face coverings and masks on transit. So that's something we're going to be more promoting. And I think it will come down to when you board a train, um, in, in time, if you're the only one on there that doesn't have a face covering on, you know, I do wonder how long it'll take people to think, well, maybe I should um, switch gears here and, uh, and I'll start to do that as well. Because broadly speaking, in British Columbia, most people do follow recommendations that are being put forward. Uh, so when you rode SkyTrain today, did you wear a face covering? I did. I did. It's a, uh, yeah, uh, not a very good one. It's a old rugby shirt, uh, which was cut up and had uh, straps put on it that my wife made. <laughs> not the most comfortable, but nonetheless, uh, it was a face covering. And so, and I think you're right, the more it has shifted, and especially since uh, Dr. Teresa Tam has now actually changed and said it's a good idea. And again, to protect those around you, it's not going to stop you from getting, but if everybody's wearing a mask, it stops people from spreading it. So why not make it, or are you waiting to see then how many people voluntarily buy into this idea? And if people don't, are there any plans to make it mandatory that you must wear a face covering to ride transit? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of mandatory, there are some real uh, problems we would encounter over how you would practically enforce that. Um, if, if someone refused to wear a mask, um, it's really unclear how, how we would enforce that in any tangible way, keeping in mind people, if they're refusing to wear a mask, aren't, aren't breaking any law per se. So what we think is the appropriate course for right now is uh, the carrot over the stick, trying to inform people about the benefits, why it's important, um, why it's about those around you and being a good, a good neighbour on transit, essentially, for the person uh, sitting next to you or sitting close to you. So um, we think um, taking this approach, people will respond positively. Uh, and to that extent, that's the decision we're, we're moving forward with now. If public health, of course, changes their opinion and, and decides um, on that mandatory would be a, a good idea, then, of course, we would, um, we would listen to their advice and, um, and adjust accordingly. And you mentioned, too, there will be two-metre space decals at some of the bus stops and station entrances to help guide customers and show customers. And I would imagine SkyTrain, too, if you're waiting, you haven't gone through the restricted uh, fare gates. Uh, so are staff ready uh, to deal with that to help people? Because I can imagine once people start going back to work more, there, there's going to be stress. You're in a rush in the morning. You want to get going. I mean, is it staff's job to tell people, hey, you're too close or you shouldn't be bunched altogether like that? 
Well, I think our customer service staff already do a, a pretty good job of that. And yes, you know, part of it will be that they'll be uh, making sure um, our processes are followed. Um, the decals that we're installing too, just while we're on that, we put some new ones, uh, we're installing new ones on the platform. So when people exit a train, they're not immediately jamming into people who are trying to board the train. So we're sort of asking people to stand a little bit further back as well. Uh, but yeah, and the other thing too, and, and we're being pretty upfront about this, Jill, is that distancing isn't always going to be possible on transit. Um, there are going to be situations where it will be challenging. I'm sure you've seen, all of us have seen over many years when we get a, uh, a technical issue or a weather event, um, you can very quickly in minutes see hundreds, if not thousands of people amassing at stations or, or platforms. Those situations are going to be really difficult to control. Uh, so uh, that's why this uh, mask and face covering piece is really so important because distancing, uh, unfortunately, will not always be uh, possible on transit, despite our, our best efforts and policy changes we're making. All right, uh, Ben, I, I just wanted to touch as well, you're upping cleaning, so people will likely see these kind of pit crews and people doing enhanced cleaning? That's right, yes. Yeah, so we've got uh, these pit crews who are going to be swarming uh, SkyTrain cars. Initially, we'll have them at Waterfront, King George, and uh, riding between Commercial Broadway and BCC Clark. Uh, at, at most of them, because they're terminus stations, essentially when the train turns around, that's when the pit crews will board. Uh, they'll uh, spray down and wipe down with a hospital-grade disinfectant all the high-touch surfaces. Um, so part of it is obviously keeping the trains clean. The other part of it is some visibility because most of our cleaning happens overnight so customers can actually see that process and they know that we are, are making those efforts to keep transit clean. All right, uh, Ben, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. No problem. Thanks, Jill. That is Ben Murphy, a spokesperson with TransLink.